This week on the Splash Podcast, we give you the latest and the greatest news in the NBA from the last week. We've got a team that's hot. We've got a team that's cold. We've got an injury that pretty much ruined an entire team's chance to the playoffs. We've got a trade that nobody gives a flying fuck about. And we've got the Knicks-Nets referee debacle. Let's get to it. RTR, ready to roll. Ready to roll. My red-hot team of the week is the Portland Trailblazers. I don't know if anybody saw that game Tuesday against the Pelicans, but it was fantastic. Damian Lillard had a 50-point double-double with 10 assists and also 6 rebounds. You're looking at Gary Trent Jr., 22 points off the bench. You also just got back C.J. McCollum. He wasn't. A, he didn't have a very good game, but that guy's going to need a couple games to get warm. And I just learned that Nurkic is coming back in a week or so. And the question is, are they a true contender in the West? And I'm going to say it. It's going to piss people off. But yes, they are a true contender to win the West. And here's why. Right now, the NBA is all about this high-powered offense. If you could put up points on the board, you'll win the game. It didn't used to be like that. You need a defense. You need a strategy. But based on what I'm watching in Brooklyn, as long as you chuck up and score 130 and kind of play some defense, you can win. And right now, Portland is one of those teams that is red hot. Red hot. Damian Lillard, probably one of the most feared men with the ball with 10 seconds left on the clock. He'll score. He'll do it. He loves that attention. There are guys in other teams that don't like that. Like Paul George, he's a fucking loser. I know, listen, he'll do some juke moves. He'll get some baskets. He'll show you some flashes that he has potential. But I don't care about the flashes. We shouldn't appreciate flashes. I think we should appreciate consistency. And Damian Lillard is consistent. He's consistently been great this year. Just leading this team when everyone was injured, kept them around 500, and now they're ready to make a run. They're going to prove themselves in the West as a true contender. And I think the Lakers need to fear them the most. I would say the Lakers could be beaten by them. The Clippers could be beat by them. I don't know if the if the Portland Trailblazers could beat the Jazz. That's the only team. The Jazz play a special type of offense and defense where they actually play team basketball. I'll say that. They really play it. Every guy on that team contributes. I don't see games where people break out. Maybe once in a while, Gobert will break out for 30 or 40. And maybe Donovan Mitchell will break out for 30 or 40. But it's really like a clear spread team. Like every all the points are spread out and everyone's contributing. So I don't know if Portland could beat a team like Utah. And I think that's a team they shouldn't be aiming for. But I think Portland could definitely beat Los Angeles, the Los Angeles Lakers and the, uh, the Clippers. So Portland, red hot, red hot team. My cold team of the week is the Philadelphia 76ers. Cold, cold, cold. That team is going on a slide right now without Joel Embiid. For those who don't know, Joel Embiid, after uh, getting COVID from the barber and coming back for his first game, went down with a really bad knee injury. And you know what? Right now on paper, it doesn't say it's bad, but anytime a big man hurts anything below their waist, it's a big deal. So... With him being out, the Sixers looked hot at first. They had a really great game against the Spurs, but they barely beat the Knicks. And then after that, they lost the game against the Bucks, where they were up 20. So the question is, are the Sixers on a hot streak or cold? They're cold. They're cold right now. I think they're going to need some life or something new as far as the big man position goes. I know Dwight Howard 
He's been playing well. He's cleaning up the boards. He's putting in baskets. But he cannot fill the Joel Embiid position. Joel Embiid is not just a center. He is the centerpiece of the entire team. They run everything through him because he's just a beast. He's our modern day. Here it comes. Here's our modern day Hakeem Olajuwon making moves in the post. He's turning. He's juking. He's doing shimmies. He's He brings energy. He wants to win. I'm not saying that the other players don't want to win. I know Tobias Harris, who's been overlooked by the entire league, has been playing really well. Definitely averaging over 20. He's definitely averaging a bunch of rebounds and assists. He's making an impact, but he's not a true leader. Ben Simmons should be that leader right now, but unfortunately, he's not there. He doesn't break 15 points a game, to my understanding. Sure, he's getting assists, but you need someone who's going to go out there with the flag, with that Sixers flag, and run out of the gate and show them that confidence that the team needs. So, right now, Sixers cold. Oh, you hate to see it. I don't know if anybody saw, but... Steph Curry went down Wednesday night with a really, really bad-looking tailbone injury. And just to give you kind of a background of how it happened, he the clock, the shot clock was winding down. Curry had the ball around the three-point line. He had a couple defenders on him. He runs away to try to shoot it, and he puts up the shot, but he falls out of bounds and just lands really, really awkwardly on his back. And you could see him, like, whimpering when he gets up and, like, holding it with his hand and... uh it just didn't look good. And now, with that being said, I pretty much think the Warriors are finished for the season. There's no, I don't know why they would try to make a push. I think, you know, give your younger guys some minutes. Let them get some experience playing some better players in the NBA. And let them learn a little bit. I don't think trying to squeak into the eighth seed is going to help anybody. I don't think they could beat any team in the top eight right now in a seven-game series. No chance. Without at least without Curry, uh, and you could argue, look, oh, they have Draymond. He's not going to change shit. The guy gets look, he gets ten rebounds, ten assists, but you got to put points on the board. We're in a league where points matter. Maybe twenty years ago, when everybody was playing slow ball defense and whatever BS, that would have you would have been great then. But right now, this is a high scoring league, and if you don't have shooters that can put up points every single night, you're screwed. You're absolutely screwed. So Golden State. You know, Steph Curry, one of my favorite players, really upset. Actually drafted him this year with the first pick in my fantasy league. You know, I hope you get better, not just because I need you for the championship in my league, but just wanted to see you give another get another run for a championship. I don't know what Clay's status is, but I know he's not playing this season. And I would just love, love to see Curry, Draymond, and Clay go for it again. Let them try again. I think they could still do it, but you know, they're going to have to add another piece. I think maybe uh, a small uh, forward or maybe if Wiseman could really step up and be more of an impactful center each night, they could really make a run. But for right now, I hate to say it. I'm sorry, Golden State, but your season is over. Let Steph get the rest of the season off to fix his back because that's a very serious injury. And, you know, just look towards the future. Give your younger guys minutes. Let Wiseman play a little bit. Let Kelly Oubre get consistent. I know that he has his games. But he's not consistent. He chucks up shots from the corner. And if they're dropping, great. If they miss, he's just going to continue to miss. He reminds me a lot. Of, he's like a glorified J.R. Smith. You just throw that guy in and you know he's going to shoot threes. And if they're dropping, they're really dropping. And if they're missing, then he's really cold as shit. So Golden State, sorry for the season. 
um, you know, moving forward, I think you guys should look into finding another piece for the season, for next season, so that you guys can make a push for the championship. So, yeah. Sorry, Golden State. I'm not sure why this matters or why anybody gives a fuck about this, about this P.J. Tucker from Houston. But he's just been traded to the Bucks Right now, just to give you the trade outline, Houston gave away P.J. Tucker, Kuroks, and a first round, a 2022 first round pick. And in return, they got D.J. Augustine, D.J. Wilson, and a 2023 first round pick. And now the question is, who are the winners and who are the losers? And I'll tell you right now, both teams are fucking losers because P.J. Tucker is a piece of shit. He's not a playmaker. He is not a game changer. And I don't understand why all the analysts and all the news that pop up on my phone is P.J. Tucker. Where is he going to go? P.J. Tucker is going to go here. He's going to go up my ass. He's going to kiss my dick. It, he doesn't matter. He's a P. Listen, he's not a star. He's not a role player. Quite honestly, he's just a guy on the bench who could kind of splash threes when you need him. I have I don't give a crap about him. I honestly think DJ Augustine is better than him. So the question is, who won the trade? Sure, Houston won the trade. But at the end of the day, you traded garbage for crap, and you got nothing. If P.J. Tucker makes any impact in Milwaukee, I would be very surprised. That team needs much more than just a three-point shooter. They need, listen, Brooke Lopez is good, but I think they need a guy who's really going to clean up the boards. Brooke Lopez is the only, listen, I watch him play, and he's fine. He's not. He doesn't play like a center. He plays like a power forward. He sits at the top of the key waiting for a three-point ball. That's not what centers do. Centers are down low. Post up. Give me a layup. Give me a rebound. Save us from like a missed shot or something. If Milwaukee misses, they don't have anyone rebounded. So I don't know why this P.J. Tucker is going to change anything other than maybe a couple three-pointers and maybe one breakout game before the playoffs. Just a waste of time. And for Houston, I mean, look, you could – do whatever you want. You have John Wall. You have Oladipo, but I think he's leaving. So figure out your season. Figure out what you want out of the season. I don't think Houston is has that uh, mentality right now. I know Christian Wood, who I loved watching. I believe he's hurt still, and I don't think he's going to play the rest of the season. You know, you have some young talent. Just develop these guys a little bit. You know you're not going to the playoffs. So I don't understand why you're going to put so much on the line during the season. Like John Wall, I honestly think he should only be playing 30 minutes a game just to rest him. Like if this guy really gets hurt again, he's out for his career. It's taken him, what, three years to come back into the league? And now he's finally back playing well with this, pardon my French, fucking horrendous uh, Houston Rockets team. So let these guys rest a little. So looking forward, look, you're recapping this trade here. He, Milwaukee got nothing. Houston got nothing. No one cares. Neither team is good, and both of them could kiss my balls. Not sure if you're aware, but Monday night was the basketball game of the year. I'm saying it here. Basketball game of the year. The Knicks versus the Nets. Everyone's talking about the Nets being the hottest team in New York, kicking ass, being the East. And then you've got this team in the Knicks who's competitive, who's very defensive, and very young. This team could grow. So I was hyped up going into this game. And for the most part, the Nets were kicking their ass. They were up 10. They were up 13. They were doing their thing. But the Knicks did something that I haven't seen since I played Notre Dame basketball in fourth grade. They called the trap at the end of the game. Even down seven points, they called the trap. 
And instead of fouling, which is what every other team in the league has done when the when the trap doesn't work, they've actually created jump balls opportunities for them. And at one point, the Knicks were only down three points and they had the ball. They could have tied the game with 10 seconds left. And just to set the, set the scene here, Julius Randle's got the ball top of the key, maybe 10 seconds left. He takes a dribble. He goes up for a shot. And it appears as he's in the shooting motion that Kyrie touches the ball. The ball dribbles, bobbles a little, but Julius grabs it while he's still in the air. And then he lands on his feet and tries to dribble again. The referee blows the whistle and calls a travel. Julius Randle pretty much was going to charge the referee. He was going to go kick his ass. And rightfully so. To anybody else watching that live, it looked like a block. It looked like a block, and he recovered the ball and was going to go for a second shot. And you know, Julius was pissed. The Knicks lost. And the big question is, was it a travel? And I'm going to tell you right now, I don't think it was. I think it's bullshit that all these analysts saying that, that are saying that it is. Stephen A came out and explained. He's like, look, this is not uh, this is not a block. It was a travel. You, If you know the rules of basketball, X, Y, and Z. I don't give a fuck. The thing that I'm more concerned with, honestly, is during that live moment, there was no review. And whether it's right or wrong, if it was a travel or not, you, I think the referee should have definitely just peeked at it and just explained the situation and said, look, this is what happened. This is a travel. We're moving on. Case closed. They didn't do that. And I think that's really selfish. And I think that's really ridiculous by the league that nobody, you know, this just got brushed over after. And some something popped up on my feed saying, should referees, <laughs> you love this, should referees have to give a post-game report or review, like like kind of like post game, like with like Lillard does, or any big names, the Knicks big star does. Would the referees have to give like a, an interview, saying why they made a certain call or what the call was? And I think they totally should. I think that'd be awesome. I, if there was, a, especially if there was a controversial finish like that, I would love to hear what well, I don't know who the referees' names are, but I'd love to hear them come out and say, yeah, it was a travel, and this is what happened, and this was the call, and that's why we made it. I think the referees are given a lot of leniency and they get the hide behind the curtain, but they control the game more than we think. There was a point, I don't know which team it was, but they had 40 free throws for the game. That's that's a third of a team's score when you really look at it. That's a lot of control. You're calling a lot of shooting fouls. So I think the referees should speak and at least say something if there's anything controversial in any sport, not even just basketball now, just any sport. I think they should have to come out and say something. And I think that fans would give them a lot more respect if they did, because you're listening to these guys that pretty much control the flow of the game. If they're calling a lot of fouls, it's going to be a slow game. If it's, you know, if they're letting the players play, you know, it's a different type of game. So I would like to see the referees in the future give some type of interview. I don't want some bullshit statement. I don't want some BS tweet or report saying, yeah, we made the call here and we're sorry and you can kiss my balls. Like, no, I... I would love to hear them like go on a microphone and say, we made this call because this happened, and that's what we saw. So, Knicks fans, I'm sorry. That that game sucked at the end, but we looked great, and I think we look much more confident moving forward for the season. I know they lost against the Sixers, but they had no business being even close to winning that game. So, I know the Knicks have a huge game against Orlando. They also have a big game against the Sixers on Sunday. So, if they could win a couple more, I could see the Knicks moving forward. As far as Brooklyn goes, they're they're just money. I don't know what to tell you. Like, they don't need anybody. James Harden is playing the best basketball I've ever seen, ever. And the question is, is he an MVP candidate? Of course he is. 
Of course he's an MVP candidate. I don't know a guy who's has had a 15-15-15 triple-double. This guy pretty much averages a triple-double right now. So very confident in the Nets that they're going to win the championship, no questions asked. A team that can give them a lot of trouble on the way, New York Knicks. But one thing that's going to affect both of those teams, the referees, the man in stripes. So I'd like to see the stripes give interviews. I'd like to see the Knicks, you know, make a run. And I want to see the Nets win the championship. To wrap things up here today, we're going to do something new. It's going to be my pick of the night. So it's Friday, uh, March 19th. And if you look at the NBA slate, you got a bunch of good games. One that stands out to me is the Mavericks against Portland Trailblazers. And guess what, ladies and gentlemen? Guarantee, guarantee Portland wins. I don't care what the line is. I don't care what the money line is. I don't care if somebody's playing or not. I don't care who's singing the national anthem because Portland is going to win. They cannot lose that game. If they lose that game, they're going to look ridiculous to the West. They're going to put everything on the line to win against the Mavericks. So first time I'm doing the picks, we're going to go with Dallas. We're not going to <laughs> Sorry. We're going to go with Portland. We're going to ride them because Damian, Money, CJ, Reddy, the Gary Little, whatever the fuck his name is, Money, go with Portland. That's all the time we have now for the Splash Podcast. I am your host, Jordan Skylar-Sarf. We will see and hear from you next week. Check us out on Instagram at splash underscore pod. Check us out nowhere else because we have no other social media. Thank you so much to all of our listeners. Subscribe. Please write a review. Send it to your friends. We're doing this shit. We love it. RTR ready to roll. Hear from you next week.